Manny, what took you? Wow, Little Miss saved the world is skipping a class. You're not protesting something, are you? Uh-oh. Your friend came to visit? Hun, you don't wear light colors when you're on your period. I didn't know. It's my first time, okay? So just leave me alone. I've got a pad, if you need it. I mean, you could get one from the office, but that's kind of a drag. Ew. Imagine. Mr. Radich, can I have a maxi pad? Mini, but yeah, totally gross. It's got wings. Man, I am so not ready for this. Hey, you'll get boobs now. <laughs> oh, like I want boobs? You might at some point. They're actually pretty great. But I mean, I like being a kid. You're still a kid, just with a mini pad. Big deal. So I'm not going to turn into... Me? <laughs> Honey, you wish. Welcome to All About Degrassi, the podcast where we never stop boycotting the calf. We should be boycotting the calf, guys. Produ <laughs> this is Nick Zahoya. Thank you, Evan. Michael Goodrich, our, uh, we're the co-host. Producer Brimp, are you boycotting the calf? Have you been eating there? I haven't been eating anything all day, as, as, as we um, we talked about a little bit before this podcast, but especially not at the calf, no. That's where you well, get do food you think, poisoning. Yeah, producer Brent currently has food poisoning. Do you think you could have gotten it from the calf? Maybe I mean, I don't Sheila see under, else. undercooked the poutine. That's definitely what's going on. Freaking mm. lunch lady Sheila. Oh, fucking Sheila. I can't wait to talk fucking about Sheila. Sheila. <laughs> fucking superstar. All right, but that's the second episode. We've got to get into the first episode. Thank you for joining us on the Queer Degrassi podcast. I feel like we never say that. This is a Queer Degrassi podcast. Mostly, two-thirds. Well, yeah, but, you know, producer, it's sort of a bridesmaid situation. We're queer, just like the actors in Bridesmaids <laughs> were women. And then we just need a straight cis man to run things behind the scenes, you know? Anyhow, I'm me, so I'm the Paul Feig, or is that Joe? You're Apatow? a Paul Feig, yeah. I'm Paul Feig. I'll take that. I'll take Paul yeah. You're Paul Feig. Feig. Yeah. Uh, this was um an exciting episode for me. Uh, these two episodes because I think we're finally in the groove. Like, uh, coming of age episode eight, nine, nine, nine. I felt episode like that nine. was maybe the first episode that was well directed. <laughs> I think it was the first one where the ensemble felt like kind of effortless. Uh, I I enjoyed it at least for that aspect. Um, I thought this episode was fine. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, actually, no, that's not true. I thought the subplot of this episode was great. Yes. I thought the main plot was fine. Um, filler, yes. which is interesting for a main plot. Yeah, but, I feel um, like it's normally the opposite. Yeah. So, but yeah, let's should we dive on in to? Yep. Episode 9, Coming of Age, which is, according to the Degrassi wiki, named after either a Jay-Z song or a Damn Yankees song. I am unfamiliar with both of these texts. Um, considering the old white men who probably wrote this episode, I'm going to go with Damn Yankees. Just going to guess. <laughs> <laughs> You'll see, later on, they get a little more hip to the groove with their song choices. Yeah, um, they do. I think, well, to be fair, the Spice Girls is, I think, the next episode. <laughs> it's the Spice Girls title. Wanna be. Um, Wanna be, yeah. Yeah, so this is a uh, another another Ashley episode. Oh, Yay! Boy. Um, Love spending time she, with she, this mopey girl. 
She gets so much screen time this season. Um, I kind of forgot. I, I want to talk about the about first episode. frame of the episode where Ashley exits her house and is like immediately jumped by <laughs> Jimmy and Terry. They're both waiting out there. And I think it's funny because of the optics of just like them coming out of nowhere and what I don't know it was would have scared the shit out of me but she seems fine with it but it's also confusing because I feel like Jimmy is there because the episode is about Ashley feeling smothered but then like why is Terry there too or like Jimmy and Terry like walking to her house together or did they just both end up waiting for her in front of her house I'm so confused I mean, kids do walk to, well, okay, kids walk to school together, I suppose, in areas where they have the the urbanism to be able to walk to school. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so I guess, I guess this is one of those areas. Um, so I don't know. I'm like, that's, that's fine. But do they have like um, a carpool spreadsheet and, th- and they're like, okay, I'll stop by your house, Jimmy. It's one block out of the way, but then we can walk to Ashley's house together. Like what is happening? I'm sure, I'm sure they have it figured out. I, I don't know. I haven't walked to school in so long. It's been so long. <laughs> it's been a while I never had to coordinate. <laughs> it's been too long. Um, yeah, so Jimmy has been spending a lot of time at Ashley's house, and she's mm-hmm. starting to feel suffocated by all the attention he's giving her. Like, And so when he asks to hang out with her, she plans an impromptu girls' night with Terry to get away from him. Remember Terry? Girls' night. Uh-huh. Yeah, girls' night. Exactly. That th- that thing where you you tell someone, oh, remember that? And they're like, yeah, I do remember. Terry was um, a good friend. She played it off. Yeah, she she was on the same wavelength. Um, so, but then when she gets home, she finds Jimmy hanging out with Toby. And wouldn't you know, he winds up staying at their house for dinner yet Ugh. again. Okay, so I have two things I want to talk about here. First of all, in the scene, and this was where I first started to notice that this was a well-directed episode, because Ashley is feeling suffocated by Jimmy, and when she's at the picnic table, all of the shots are really tight. They're all on close-ups of faces. It was very claustrophobic. Um, And then they are reading a love quiz in a magazine, and I just, it made me nostalgic for the time when we used to take BuzzFeed quizzes, like in paper magazines. And then if you found the magazine at like a dentist's office, you had to like read someone else's results. Right. Yeah, I remember my sister getting those, and I would always like, you know, peek in and be like, "Oh, I want to play these quizzes too." You yeah, know, definitely. My next door neighbor had Teen Cosmo or something like that, and I, I would read them a lot. Anyway, and then what I also want to talk about is producer Brent. I believe I asked you to pull this clip when, mm-hmm. when Jimmy and Toby are playing basketball together. There was a song playing in the background, and mm-hmm. if I could do my rendition of it real quick, I believe it goes like this. Groove thing, groove thing, and this exact song plays under Spinner's ADD meltdown in front of the rival school, um, and it's just one of the interstitial musics in the first few seasons, along with the cheerleading thing, which we'll get into next week. That will follow us all the way through several seasons and play at very inappropriate times. Can we hear the clip, producer? Of course, yeah. Don't suffocate. It'll come to you. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> you hear that? Just pretend I'm not even here. Yeah, that, that, you so just, I wouldn't. It is shake that groove thing. See, I'm, I'm hearing guess. new things. But yeah, that's. I'm glad you pointed out that is the exact same song that Spinner is dancing to. Yes, and it made more sense in that case because Spinner did indeed take his pants down and shake his groove thing in front of the people. 
Yeah, well, it was also like diegetic noise in that episode because he <laughs> that was he played that on his sound system uh, yes. on his boombox, whereas here it's just you know it's whoa just the I didn't even fucking think episode. of that. Oh, layers! This is like when like James Bond whistles the theme to James Bond. It's like how does he know what it is? <laughs> okay, this is he's breaking the fourth wall. This is really confusing. Okay, that is a key detail that i missed thank you evan for pointing that out yeah it was diegetic in the previous song and interstitial score in this episode wow mm-hmm. yeah that's all i have to say about that <laughs> um yeah uh so there's not much else to say really at this point because i mean i don't know ashley's super salty that jimmy's staying over a lot and then like toby starts jimmy meddling leaves, yeah, so this is where I start to be a little more sympathetic to your dislike of Toby. <laughs> in, He's such in this a little episode. weasel. Well, so it's like, I get that he feels so, okay, so to lay it out for people. So, like, obviously, Toby feels like a brother relationship with Jimmy at this point. Yes, because and for those who forgot, and for those who forgot, Toby is Ashley's stepbrother. So they're still getting to know each other. Yes. So, and then Toby feels like he has a new brother or a brother-like figure. Yes. And they've been hanging out a lot. And, like, Jimmy's showing him how to, like, throw baskets and stuff like that. <laughs> that's that's hoops. Hoops. What a, sports. Hooping sports reference. Um, <laughs> and um, so, obviously, he feels like he has a stake in their relationship. However, um, Ashley, like, in just, like, a, you know, an outburst, she says, like, God, I'm so ready to break up with Jimmy. And she says this in front of toby and toby drops a the plate next day. that does not shatter so i mean they've got it like plastic, plastic plates yeah that's tacky yeah. this is a very well-to-do household get some fucking ceramic plates i'm sorry <laughs> i did notice that i did know i was like oh shouldn't that plate shatter um but no plastic um child but safe um so yeah the next day toby toby like not so suddenly drops hints that ashley's kind of sick of jimmy to jimmy after jimmy gets fucking jumped everyone's getting fucking jumped in this episode you remember on your birthday when like strange girls would chase you around and <laughs> spray you with silly Shoot string, silly string. Yeah. yeah that happened all the time yeah yeah she, he's in this hallway and they're like happy birthday jimmy and they just chase it's him with so silly scary string, and like, they are running around I... the corner like like lions chasing a wildebeest it is frightening <laughs> also a janitor is gonna have to clean that up yeah which i is just rude. think it's kind of thoughtless yeah. yeah exactly don't do that don't shoot silly string in the no. hallways kid outside um, maybe and then you should try and sweep up the remnants if you can yeah so um yeah i don't know i just like i disagree with toby how toby handles this because obviously i understand his emotions and how he feels like he has a stake in this relationship but it's like you, he feels like you he's, can't meddle <laughs> he feels yeah. like he's slowly being written out of the show <laughs> because he was clearly <laughs> supposed to be the main character and it's not working out <laughs> oh he's just like you can't meddle in your sister's affairs sir your stepsister's affairs you can't meddle in people's relationships when you're not a part yeah. of them um it never works yeah, so after school, Ashley goes over to Jimmy's house for his birthday, because it's his birthday. That's the setup for the episode. It's his 14th birthday. But I was uh, shocked. We... That boy does... Is that... was How old was he when this was going on? Was he actually 14? Okay, let's let's open a window. Okay. Um, we'll, Drake. We'll cut, we'll cut out Drake? this research section. Um, Drake is 35, so he was... <laughs> um, it was 2000, well, this episode. That was... 14 he was like 15 so that's not too off okay i don't know why i thought he'd seemed older maybe just because i know him as an adult and i don't feel that way with any of these other characters because they all 
did not stay in the public eye as much. Yeah. Um, okay, so he's turning 14, pl- played by a 15. That's fine. That works. I withdraw my objection. Yeah. Mm. Um, so Ashley goes over to his house for his birthday, but we find out that his parents are both working late and they just told Huge him to question. order a pizza. Huge question. Jimmy's mom left a message saying, your dad and I are going to be working late. Do they work at the same place? <laughs> yeah, I did have that question. I was like, okay, either they work at the same place or like one of them corresponded with the other, but not Jimmy. And so they're just like passing along the message, I guess. That makes no sense. The only I don't know. I was trying to wrap my head around it, and I think I was looking into the future, and I think that we meet Jimmy's dad, but I don't think we ever meet Jimmy's mom. I don't think they ever cast someone to play her. So, I think we meet them both. We do. I think we meet them both. I remember. Yeah, the I think dad. so. Okay. Well, we'll find out. Um, I um, thought him calling the pizza restaurant was very depressing. <laughs> Well, I thought the whole apartment was depressing. It like, the, uh, shout sterile. out to the production. Shout out to the production design because it really screams absent workaholic parents. <laughs> yes, like, fully. It's all very modern. It's very cold. It's a lot of like chrome and neutrals in this apartment. So, good job, art department. You you nailed the the absent parent vibe without making oh. my parents seem like bad parents. Uh, I did relate a lot to the scene because they were gone a lot and I would frequently Aww. have to order pizza for myself. Aww. I never developed a personal relationship with the pizza man, though. That seems weird. Yeah, that was weird. He was like, hey, you know, Rufus. Antonio. Because <laughs> um, it's Antonio because he's like Italian. I, uh, I thought it was Rufus, um, the other famous Italian name. <laughs> I will say I do like the pomegranates they have on their table centerpiece. That's nice. I like oh, that's pomegranates. Nice. They're always aesthetic. Um yeah, it's pretty heartbreaking, this scene. Um, so you can see why he spends so much time at Ashley's house, because it feels like a home instead of his place, which feels so sterile. Um, yeah. So, but Jimmy confronts Ashley because he's heard from fucking Toby that she wants to break up with him. And Ashley's like, no, that's, that's, can we talk about this later? It's your birthday. And Jimmy's basically just like, go home. I don't need your pity. I'm going to go call the pizza man. Leave me alone. <laughs> and she does. She leaves. And he calls the pizza man. Um, and they have a nice date I... instead. Him and the pizza man. Yeah, <laughs> presumably. Um, but then the next day, Ashley apologizes to Jimmy and the two make up. And it's just fine. And everything's back to normal. Yay. It's fine. We um, needed this. Clearly, I mean, yeah, I kind of wonder, I'm like, what is the point of this plot? Aside from... It kind of maybe know. sets things up for the finale, because you and I both right. know what happens there. It's, set, it's sort of setting, like, oh, these two, they've had some issues. Yeah. Maybe Will they won't trouble they? ahead. Will they, won't yeah. they, but they're already in a relationship. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, I really feel like this could have been the subplot of this episode. I think it should have um, been. Um, one final thought before we move on to the much more interesting subplot. Uh, I... Notice that this he's not the first character to do this, but Jimmy calls Toby Tobes, and I have big problems with that nickname. I don't think it's normal. I don't think it saves any time. Thoughts? I think it's fine. It would be like me calling you Evs. Well, people call me Ev. Well, Ev is normal. Tobe, I guess, would be normal. What the fuck is Tobes? I don't know. Tobe sounds weirder than Tobes. I don't think so. Tobe? I think... Tobe? Call him Toe. Like anything other than Tobes. It sounds well, gross. Well, you say Tobe, 
if you say tobe, it's kind of hard to say because it kind of sounds like you're just saying toe unless you like really enun- over enunciate the B, like tobe. This is exactly like, why you just need tobe. to call him Toby. It's already a nickname. <laughs> Let's call him Toe. I, I have no problem with Tobes. Okay, I any Tobes, tobes listening? Please let us know if you've been called Tobes. There's a bunch of words that I have an issue with. And I know you use this one, Evan, so I hate to admit it on mic, but I hate perf. I hate that shit. I hate guac. Those are my two. guac? I hate guac. You've never heard people say guac for guacamole? Oh, I've heard it. Wait, did they, they didn't say it in this episode, though, right? No, no, they did not go to, like, a Mexican restaurant Side for note. half the hour. Side note, um, <laughs> because this episode, as we were recording, um, this just happened, but uh, the Great British Bake Off, um, Glockimolo. I don't, I, you, you know, this you is all you. This? Please tell the people, uh, but I don't know anything about any of this. Oh, uh, for those who know, if you know, you know, um, <laughs> Glockimolo, Glockimolo. Um, what is, yeah. It's this, a person's name? <laughs> Look it up. Look it up. Is it well, someone? Is it a British person trying to say guacamole and he says yes, guacamole? That is that is exactly. Okay, that's guacamole. pretty funny. Okay, it's very funny. <laughs> Brent, if, uh, only if it's easy, can you just insert that in post? Can you just put the British I'll look guy for saying it. I'll guacamole? I'll see if I can find it. I'm also trying to get. I I've seen a bunch of clips of people saying pico de gallo. I'll try and slip that. Oh, yeah, that's that was also from the same. Uh, episode. So uh, just, just the Brits really doing. Uh, I don't really know much about Mexican cuisine, so this is an absolute adventure. Mexican tacos. It's to be tacos. What's pico de gallo? Pico de gallo. Interesting. Pico de gallo. This is the first time I've heard them. You've got a pico de gallo, which is basically a salsa. Tortillas. I never made tortillas either. For the tortillas. Where to put the guacamole? Well, there's that, but then there's also on, like, Top Chef, I was watching an episode, and the guy was like, someone had to make a churro, and he was like, um, your uh, main dish was good, but when I went to eat your churro, I thought it was a little too sweet. I was like, okay, man, calm down. <laughs> White he really guy, wants obviously. to roll his R's. He's like, I'm, I, I can roll my R's, can't you? Yeah. Um, I have been to Mexico, and I say... Churro. <laughs> um, um, subplot, subplot. It's fun. Let's talk subplot. about it. Yeah. Okay. The subplot is great. Just, just putting that out there. Subplot is fantastic. So okay. this is part of the Emma? good direction because Emma's whole journey before we realize what's actually going on is very entertaining. Like her having PMS <laughs> ended up being really <laughs> so, funny. Okay. Yeah. So she's like Emma's behaving a little cranky this morning. Wow. Um, She's As, mad so about Sean astrology, and, yeah. Yeah, so she's studying, she's trying to study for an astronomy quiz, but Sean and Manny are busy looking up astrology, um, which is funny because, is first funny. of all, I would not have thought that Sean would be interested in astrology. So the that idea seems very that out of character. Manny Santos learned about astrology from Sean fucking Cameron is the wildest thing that's happened on this show so far. It's also funny because she knows she's a Leo, so she knows what that is. She just doesn't know what it means, I guess. Um, so she wants the deets. But um, it's also funny because you can tell this is like early 2000s because they're only talking about their sun signs. Like there's no mention of moon signs. There's no mention of rising. Like if it were today, they would know all of that. Yeah, Brent, Brent well you know a little bit about that. You used to do an astrology podcast. It's true. And I did notice that uh, he asked <laughs> for her. Of the show, Tyler Schnapp. <laughs> He asked for her birth, location, and time. So they were going to get a big three out of whatever he was plugging uh, data into. Yeah, I'm assuming they would get their star charts from that information. Mm-hmm. Um, although he does not ask for the exact time she was born. So oh, he doesn't. I we're missing he some. He doesn't. We're mi- I know, just just the day, Oops. I think, is what he asked for. Um, 
Uh, Whoever has their device on, please, we are in class. Silence your devices. It was me. Um. Uh, We also get a a lot of deep Manny lore. (laughs) Just little tidbits. Oh, yeah, she was was born in Manila. She was born in Manila. She's a Leo. I think it was August 15th, 1989 was her birthday. Okay. Um, She's like two years younger than me and like some change. Yeah, it's also my brother's birthday. So really, birthday that exact day? Fifteenth, um, yeah. Wow. If, if I'm remembering correctly, that's the fifteenth. Uh, I yes. believe it. Um, so, so anyway, um, after school, we find Emma crying at a soap opera with a bag of ruffles, having an existential crisis. Oh my god! You know? The fake soap opera was so funny, and I will say I'm working on a script right now where someone's watching a film noir, and I was trying to figure out whether to do a fake film noir that I shoot myself or like just file footage and after watching this scene i was like i can't wait to shoot like a really shitty film noir and have someone watch it in my thing i think it will be very cool did you like the fake soap opera evan <laughs> i thought it was very uh true to form i don't know i didn't watch soap operas going up at all like nobody in my family did but like i remember being sick yeah. at home and like channel scrolling and then like channel surfing and seeing one i'm being and and then immediately changing the channel um but from the snippets I've seen, it definitely seemed correct. Yeah, um, I really liked um, the actors. <laughs> and I like, I don't know, I just like the simpleness of this setup. I love that we immediately get what it is. My my grandma used to watch Young and the Restless, so I, I knew exactly mm. what they were going for. I thought it was fun. Mm. And yeah. she's cry, cry, crying. Yeah, she's having like a little existential crisis, which, you know, like as you do at 13. Um, and her mom, Spike, is like, you know what you need is some retail therapy because um, Spike is a good mom. I Okay, I mean, that's not the she best advice, but I do think she's a good mom because of what happens when they get to the mall. Yeah, so <laughs> they go to the mall and this like very surreal scene <laughs> transpires. It's in like which... a Twin Peaks scene. It's so strange. It's it is. It's very Twin Peaks. Um, uh, so like Spike and Emma, they're like walking around. They've just been shopping and they have ice cream. And this sex pest <laughs> says to Spike... He's standing at the bottom of the escalator, and I don't know if he's waiting for someone to harass or if he's just harassing everyone who goes by. Yeah, it definitely seems like he's just like he's just there to linger and, and leer at people. Yeah. Uh, and he says to Spike... <laughs> Ooh, I'd like a look at that. Excuse me? I'd like a look at your comb. Sue me. Which... <laughs> Which is an incredibly gross thing to say so to someone gross. in any context. Even if you just like, wanted it, to lick their ice cream. Like, honestly, people should not share ice cream cones. Even if you're dating that person, that's nasty. Mixing someone's spit I, with dairy. Ugh. I've definitely done that. I um, mean, it's fine. <laughs> if you do it, then you're fine. You're a good person. I think it's disgusting. Well, this is an especially bad thing to say in front of a child. Yes, that's like, true. I forgot about is, that. This is just... Gross on several levels, um, and Spike calls him the fuck out for this, as she should. Yeah, um, she did a great job. She didn't yeah, make too much this... of a scene, but she made him, she put him in his place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and in this moment, we see that the apple uh, didn't fall very far from the tree. Um, yeah, she's totally being an uh, Emma. In that moment. Yeah, she yeah. is fully on her soapbox, and as she should be. Um, she should be, yes. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't know. Like, I mean, I feel like this scene is like kind of ridiculous and on the nose, but like, I really like it. It's a good because... character moment. I think it really works and it sets up our, our final conflict at the end here. 
Yeah, exactly. It like foreshadows what the theme of the subplot really is. Um, and it like Spike gets to the heart of the issue, which is like like comments like this are not only like objectifying and gross, but they're also scary. Yeah, like, this the, man that you do not know. Yeah, all of a sudden is... you're in a position where you're policing your own behavior to like not escalate things when you have every right to escalate things. It's it sucks. Exactly. And she brings out that, like, you know, because Emma is sort of embarrassed by this encounter, but Spike says she's like, you shouldn't be feeling embarrassed because of something this man said that he shouldn't have. Yes. So, Great message. I think that's very important. <laughs> it's an important lesson for people to internalize. Um, yeah, it's good. I think this scene is very good. Um, but then the next day, Emma shows up with um, her new drip. Oh which um she was so happy of, with this fucking skirt she was so proud of this striped sweater and this like white khaki skirt um and she looked cute but, it was know. fine but it was just like it's, it's literally fine. just a basic it's a basic piece it's fine yeah yeah exactly this is not was it khaki or not... denim i was getting like denim like white denim vibes oh i don't it might have been denim i don't know um white it's white it's a white skirt yes um but then as she's outside sitting on a bench, um, her aunt Flo. Another great directing her. moment when they're all laying there basking in the sun together and Toby's having like his little existential crisis. Great moment. I think Grey's Anatomy stole the Christmas tree scene from this moment where they're all laying in the sun on the school bench. I have seen Grey's Anatomy. I do not know what you're talking about. It's the only <laughs> thing I know from Grey's Anatomy where they all put their heads under the Christmas tree. You don't know what I'm talking about? Oh, oh, maybe, maybe. Season one moment. I stuck around on that show for way too long. Um, (laughs) uh, Yeah, so uh, Emma's uh, Aunt Flo visits her for the first time. Yeah. In front of Sean. In front of Sean. Can you believe it? Oh, the embarrassment. Yeah, and so Manny's like, (laughs) Manny's like, sit back down. Um, (laughs) And they're like panicking. So, like, oh God, we've got to figure something out. And so. Man, it's, it's a, this is a fun scene too where like Mandy's like fun. trying to cover up her walking down behind. the hallway was great physical comedy loved that walking like a weird yes. robot to hide her Absolutely. period <laughs> and then um, she's in the and, she's in the bathroom she's trying to like work out some solutions Manny goes mm-hmm. to and, like, help her out yeah and I thought this scene was kind of funny though because Manny's like do you have a jacket or something to you know tie around your waist and Emma's like it's like summer outside of course I don't while she's wearing a sweater a turtleneck and Manny <laughs> a turtleneck sweater and Manny's wearing a hoodie but okay take sure, off your hoodie just, and wrap it around her waist <laughs> yeah exactly um but okay sure it's like summer outside okay whatever right. um but so Emma's hiding out in the bathroom and then Paige walks in and you know she kind of gives her a hard time but then Emma you know admits that like it's her first time getting her period and this is a great and... moment for Paige I love the slow peeling back of Paige and us realizing that she's not the mean girl that she seems to be no it's like she, this is a very humanizing moment because you know Paige is not this caricature of a mean girl she's a you know she is a human she has a heart um and so Paige in this moment of tenderness offers Emma a pad so she doesn't have to go to the office to get one which is obviously you know very embarrassing yeah um and then like Paige, you know Paige and her have kind of a heart to heart about you know growing up and coming of age as the title suggests <gasps> um i just got it yeah, yeah. <laughs> um exactly that's the thing it's like the title applies way more to the subplot than the main plot well so he's coming I... of age the the epic uh, age of 14 you can does, watch tv 14 does. finally <laughs> good job good job jimmy that's that's the real rite of passage um 
But uh, yeah, so she has this heart to heart about like, hey, growing up's not so bad. And Paige is like, talks about how great boobs are, which is um, possibly foreshadowing. <laughs> Her boobs? <laughs> yeah. Uh, about how great boobs are. Yes. Paige's appreciation for boobs. Yeah. Oh, no, I didn't think of that. Oh, did, did, yeah. can we hear that again? Boobage, <laughs> here we come. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. And that's yeah, for the future I of Degrassi. Boobage, here we come. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so yeah, keep an eye on that. They managed to find these like gym shorts that are way too big. And she's mm-hmm. like giving her presentation in front of the class. I do want to call out... Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to do the voice the way JT does it because it was pretty cringe. But he goes, when he sees Emma's big shorts, he says, Yo, yo, Pop Emma's in the house. (laughs) Which I was a little uncomfortable by. But my favorite part was you can hear an ADR off screen kid go, Good one, JT. Good one, JT. It was pretty great. (laughs) But in spite of that joke being cringe, I think in both of these episodes, JT is a fucking comedic genius. Love him. And he was he was very funny in his other jokes. JT, I mean, his hat, we we keep singing his praises, but JT. Ryan Cooley, his actor, is is very good. Good job, Ryan Cooley. Uh, you did it. Um, but that joke, not your best material. No. Um, <laughs> good, good one, JT. JT. Um, good one, yeah, JT. So, can we can we get good one, JT? Oh, I can get that. You're working too hard, Brad. Oh. I'll try and get that sound. I know where it is. Good one, JT. Uh, so JT's like cracking jokes and just, you know, being a little shit. And so Emma basically shuts him down and announces to the class that she just got her period. Mm-hmm. And she schools JT about, you know, what that means. Doing what um, her mama how... told her to do and saying, hey, exactly. you know, that you don't get, that, that will not be my narrative. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, she's <laughs> like, be... and I have nothing to be ashamed about. And Miss Kwan is like very supportive uh, which is cute, but the cutest thing about this scene is Sean's reaction Ooh. to hearing that Emma. Yeah, he's like, Ooh. <laughs> uh, but then he's like grinning, and it's just like in this moment he's like, "I'm in love with Emma," and it's just like very adorable. It's kind of nice. It's, yeah. it's, he's he's like full heart eye emoji at her because he's just so proud of her for like standing up for herself. I just think it's adorable. Yes. It's so cute. And I've been singing the praises of the director this episode. Director of this episode, I have one qualm. These pants that are too big for Emma, they clearly have a drawstring. It's hanging out of the pants. You got to pull that drawstring out. They weren't tied, were they? They were not tied. There was just two loose strings coming out the pants. And I'm like, do you, not know how drawstrings work because for me i would be like okay let's like rummage together like a paper clip or a safety pin or something and just pin it in the back Mm. but Mm. if there's a drawstring in there you don't even need to do that it doesn't matter how big the shorts are if there's a drawstring my only complaint with the episode really (laughs) um yeah that's not too bad otherwise it's pretty good otherwise it's pretty Um, good and and speaking uh going off your comments of just the adorableness of the Emma Sean uh, puppy love storyline when Sean signs her petition to get a tampon machine in the uh, girls washroom um, Mm -hmm. he's like oh yeah if Emma said it is probably a great idea and he like bikes off and she fans herself with that clipboard like she has just gotten the vapors and I was like this is adorable I've never been so invested in a straight couple It's so cute. I love Sema. They are great. Um, I, I, I'm appreciating them, yeah. them a lot more on this watch because mm-hmm. in moments of bad writing, their storylines always work for me. I like the actors. I think it's good. 
I think they have great chemistry. It's just, it's very precious. Um, and Paige also signs her her petition, which is also very cute. Everybody's learning and growing together. And that's kind of the end of the episode. Um, Let's talk about the big question. Did this episode go there? I think it's pretty obvious. It did not. It did not go there. No. But that's okay. It doesn't have to go there. It didn't go there, but it, I think it was still a strong episode. I'd give it like a B or a B minus somewhere in there. It was, it was good. I mean, it's mostly the main plot that I have an issue with. I think the subplot is just like gold. Yeah. Um, but uh, I don't know. I mean, like, obviously, neither of us are people who menstruate. Um, so we can't speak from personal experience. Yeah, maybe this would but... be more impactful if I had gone through a menstruation yeah. of my own. I don't know. I think it's, yeah, exactly. I mean, I think it's still saying something important. I mean, I could I could imagine people getting a lot out of this. Yeah, so didn't go there necessarily, but I do think it was well-written and fun. Yeah. Okay. Sometimes well... it's okay for Degrassi episodes to just be fun. Um, well, I think this is, what do you call it when you're in between classes, the the passing hour? What do you call it? Passing time? What did they call it at your school? Because that's what we should say when we go to break. <laughs> okay, and we're back. <laughs> Yay, episode 10. Episode 10, Rumors and Reputations, which is not named after anything. Sounds like a Fleetwood Mac song, like all of the ones that are not (laughs) real songs sound like they could be Fleetwood Mac song. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, So this episode, um, (laughs) it's hard to call it fun because it's so creepy with its central conflict, but I do think the B plot is very fun. And the A-plot, I think, works, so I, I mostly enjoyed my watch. Yeah, so, okay, we should just, I guess we should we gotta dive say on it. in. Um, so, okay, Emma uh, sees Mr. Armstrong alone with Liberty, and he has his arm around her. Yeah, and, and he's, this... like, consoling her, but it's a little ambiguous what's happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, we don't hear what's going on. And um, so this raises Emma's suspicions, which only grow when she sees Armstrong handing Liberty a note later that day. Yeah, and... on, the ste- on the front steps of the school, mind you. So this is uh, yeah. out in front of everybody. In front of, yeah, this is a public event transpiring. And um, so this plot is interesting because it's like clearly in dialogue with the season premiere and sort of like piggybacking <gasps> off of... She's traumatized. What... That's why she did yeah. this. <gasps> yeah. It's clearly like an allusion to what happened to Emma in the premiere. That makes it make um, so much more sense. Oh my God. Okay. That actually makes me appreciate this more. Continue. Yeah. So I think that's... Which I think is a really interesting idea. Like we're really... Like it's Emma reckoning with her trauma from her encounter with the yeah. sex offender. I almost wish the they would have spelled it out a little more because I think I would have appreciated it more. Right. That's, so that's kind of the issue is that I feel like because this is serialized television, like if you're just watching this episode and maybe you haven't seen the season premiere, like you're not... Maybe... You know, I don't know. I guess I appreciate them maybe not being so explicit about that connection because obviously I don't think Emma's aware of that connection herself. Yes. But I don't know, maybe maybe spelling it out just a little bit more just to make it a little more clear. Yeah, why she she's had a moment where she even like brought up the hotel room incident like in like sort of realized in that moment that like, oh yeah, maybe that's why I'm acting this way. That would have been interesting to me. Well, I think part of the problem is that, like, in order to make that connection explicit, you'd have to have, like, a conversation, like, a scene where Emma talks about what she saw with, like, 
her mom or something yeah. and then they could have but the problem is that this plot is i guess we'll get into it but the problem is that we have to keep like any trust reasonable authority figures like out of the plot until the end yeah because this plot is like obviously like this is obviously ridiculous the yes. conclusion that emma's come to well i think we can we we've been dancing around it let's just say what happens um the rumor starts going around and it's a pretty tropey montage of typical yeah, rumor uh, spreading we gotta get into the <laughs> we gotta get into the rumor and um, the rumor so is like, that jay uh, excuse me liberty and coach armstrong are physically intimate and having some sort of abusive relationship yeah liberty, yeah. liberty, liberty, liberty. so emma confides in manny what she saw and then this is overheard by terry and so Terry tells Paige she heard Armstrong came on to Liberty yes. and gave her a love note. Yes. And so then Paige texts Hazel in her first official appearance on the show. Hazel Which was Eden. wild. That was so crazy that they just turned around and we were introduced to a major character. And this is there actually is. the tradition of how a lot of Next Generation characters get introduced. I believe Marco is initially seen breakdancing and has zero lines and goes on to be one of the main characters of the show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and so this is our introduction to Hazel. And uh, I like Hazel, I'm un- glad she's here. Yeah, it's very unceremonious, but there she is. And so then Hazel tells someone on the phone that Armstrong and Liberty were seen kissing, which is then overheard by Sean, who tells Spinner, who then tells Jimmy that Armstrong and Liberty also, are Also, why is Sean fucking. friends with Spinner? I thought he had, like, animosity towards Spinner and Jimmy, but okay, sure. Yeah, that's also weird. I, they just needed to get them in the same room. Yeah. Um... <laughs> So he's told now Spinner has told Jimmy that Armstrong and Liberty are fucking, which is a huge um but stretch Spinner from what's is been the said one before. who would make that leap though. I mean That's that, true. That it bought. had to be Spinner. It had to be Spinner who who came to that conclusion. And so now Jimmy relays it to Ashley in an email. It's like the worst game of telephone ever. Yeah, and, and Drake's in there being a good actor. Hey, when he nodded hey. at um Ashley super seriously, I was like that's a star right there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm glad someone, some of these kids are taking this as seriously <laughs> as it should be taken. Um, Spinner. Um, so by the end of the day, basically the whole entire school knows this rumor. And so Ashley takes it upon herself to confront Liberty, who yes. is still blissfully unaware. Oh, and poor Liberty. She, she's just putting her head down and working, working, working. She's trying to get a talent show. She's trying to do something nice for the school. Mm-hmm. And this is how they repay her. And obviously she is shocked and upset by this. Yes. And And I I do want to say we have mixed feelings about Liberty, the character, but I think this episode proves that the actor who plays Liberty is great. Like when they give her something to do, she, I felt like she lived up to what she was being asked. Yeah, I really felt for her. I know. This, uh, this episode's bad. hard. It was hard. It's, I it's felt hard to watch. for Armstrong. I was like, can you imagine if this, like, you're one of the few teachers in public school who's, like, actually engaged with your students and trying to, like, lift mm. people up and this happens to you? Oof, that was rough. Yeah, I mean, there's also the optics of Emma, a white yes. child, accusing Armstrong, a black man, of touching a kid inappropriately. And that's just, like... The optics are very yikesy it's in a way yikes. that this show is just woefully unprepared to address, <laughs> unfortunately. But uh, I, I, again, that's this is what we're this is what we're working with. Changing the subject is, and I'm glad we acknowledge that. But changing the subject to something a little lighter. Uh, can we get the most Canadian moment bumper real quick? <laughs> Okay, tight. 
Most Canadian moment of either of these episodes, Armstrong is giving a math lecture of some sort, and on the chalkboard, he writes bed mass because he is teaching order of operations. Americans in the Zoom, what do we call the order of operations rule? PEMDAS. It's PEMDAS. Please excuse my dear Aunt Sally. Yeah. But wait, so what does he what does it stand for again? So the P in PEMDAS stands for parentheses, but in Canada right. no, but... they call them brackets. So they had to change it to bed mass. Really? Pretty fucking Canadian, huh. right? But brackets are so what do they call brackets then? I think they just use them interchangeably. <laughs> Those are two different you can't do that. I, you can't call maybe, they call, bra- maybe they call them square brackets and round brackets. I, I've never been to Canada except like I don't two know, or three but times. The, so d- 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 but I don't know. But then like what do they call a parenthetical? Because <laughs> you have a parenthetical. <laughs> I I don't know. I think <laughs> citations are needed here. Um, what else would that be? Every time I point out something Canadian, you're like, how do you know it's Canadian? And I'm like, because it's on TV and it's a Canadian show and I've never fucking <laughs> because, heard of it. That's why. Because I because I believe everything I see on television, <laughs> no other sources needed. You're gaslighting me. This is what I'm hearing. Oh my god. Anyway, <laughs> bed mass. Canadian as fuck. Bed mass. Let's continue. Um, Everyone's I giggling. That was. Everyone's giggling through the bed um, mass lecture. <laughs> Because everyone is uh, feeling the tension between uh, Liberty, who now knows what's going on, and Armstrong, who doesn't know what's it going does on, not but know they, what's as- going they on. assume he knows. So, yeah. Radich comes in. Uh, well, and also, Emma has tried to console Liberty earlier today, and yes. she makes it her mission to track down who started the rumor, because this is apparently very important. We need to know who started the rumor so we can, like, I, I, I don't know what to do with it then, I guess, to get them in trouble. Um, I don't know, like, so, put them in the stocks, throw, throw yeah, tomatoes exactly. at them. Shame. shame. Yeah. Um, so Emma goes around and does, like, the reverse game of telephone we just witnessed, and she gets all the way back to Terry. But then Terry is like, nah, I didn't start the rumor, Emma. I heard it from you. This you is, did it. This is something I kind of want to talk about. Um... I think Terry started this rumor because <laughs> she was fucking eavesdropping that little snitch. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I Emma mean, was like, so I sick. saw something. I'm confused. This is what I think I saw. I need to talk about it with the one person I know I can trust to keep a secret. Manny never mm-hmm. breaks that promise. She never tells anybody. Right. Terry's the one right. blabbing it to everybody. And she told Paige of all people. Paige. Yeah, exactly. Like, what are you thinking, Terry? Like, this is. That's a really good point. Yeah, what are you thinking, Terry? Terry fucked what? this up. She did. I, I don't know what she was saying. Like, yeah, you... Mm, I get why um, Emma would feel bad learning that Terry heard it from her, but it's like, I would be like, okay, well, first of all, next time you hear me having a conversation, maybe just, like, put on business. your headphones or walk a little further away, because that's not a you, me, and Terry conversation. That's a you and me and Manny conversation. You know what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, it's absolutely none of Terry's business. I mean, frankly, it was none of Emma's business, but... Obviously, it wasn't Emma's business. Um, But she's traumatized, and we've discussed that now, and it makes it... Everything contextually (laughs) makes sense. Yeah, exactly. Um, So, now the rumor is out of control at this point, and it's clearly reached Mr. Radich, who has now entered the classroom and called Armstrong and Liberty into his office. And (laughs) Emma rushes in to defend Armstrong Read the fucking room, Emma. Well, and then she says, without context, I'm in the middle of it, too. And it's like, 
And Radish looks that's like he's very... about to punch Armstrong in the face. <laughs> well, it's like, that's very poor phrasing, Emma. You better explain what you mean by that very quickly, or Armstrong's going to be in even more trouble. The only like... way it would be acceptable to say that sentence in that situation is if it went like this. I'm in the middle of it, too, because I spread a rumor and it was partially my fault and this is not yeah, true. Yeah, that's how you say yeah, that exactly. sentence. Not, yeah, I'm it. in the middle of it, too. <laughs> creepy silence <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah exactly it's like um okay maybe don't leave us in stare suspense, at you Emma. like i'm a fucking child of the corn and say nothing yeah. after dropping yeah. this bomb in the room yeah she's like burying the lead like maybe just say this isn't true this is a rumor <laughs> it's, it's my fault it's a rumor i started it i'm so sorry um so emma presumably clears armstrong's name off screen yes. which is weird every that we don't every important that. thing in this show happens off screen <laughs> It's just, it's just like a weird detail. Like we don't see like Emma dealing with any consequences for this. There's no no one sets her aside and is like, why did you think this? Again, this was this is where we could have made that. Connection well, she obviously had to clearer. go have a talk with Miss Sauve that day, and we just haven't met Miss Sauve yet. So, you know, this wouldn't that be an episode also. of this show if you didn't drop Miss Sauve. Well, I am. This is actually before her appearance. This is the exact episode that my fanfic of. Miss Kwan and Miss Sauvé getting cocktails. It will take place during the events of this episode. And Miss Sauvé will be like, damn, I just talked to that girl who spread that rumor. Oh, really? I mean, She's in my English class. She's fucking annoying. That's the basis of the, the fanfic so far. I mean, we someone we needed more adults in this episode. So someone <laughs> Something I never say in Degrassi, but yeah, we needed more adults. Uh, <laughs> um... So Emma finds Liberty in her in the bathroom. She's crying and she tries to explain herself and why she was suspicious of Armstrong and Liberty. Um, and Liberty tells her that she has dyscalculia and that's why she's been seeing Armstrong outside of class yeah. for extra help with math. That was the love note was a brochure on dyscalculia, which as mm -hmm. Liberty explains it is like dyslexia, but with numbers. Not something I've heard of, but I'm sure it's a real thing. Uh, yeah, I've never known anyone who has it. Um, I've known someone who had dysgraphia. Like you can't is... see a picture? <laughs> no, it's, um, like affects writing ability. Uh -huh. Um, you're like your penmanship. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah, I uh, had a classmate who dealt with that. Um, he had very terrible penmanship, but he had a, he had a valid reason. Okay, um, well, good for him. Yeah, I he definitely, types yeah, he <laughs> I know, I'm like, God, I hope uh, that really helped you out. Um, yeah, he had like a, someone who would like scribe for him for like, um, like exam, examinations, like, like a state examinations and stuff like that. Speaking of typing, um, before we move on to the B storyline and, and wrap up this discussion, I want to point out that during the, uh, fuck, the rumor scene, when Paige sends it to Hazel, she does so on a little tiny, tiny text device that I've never seen in my fucking life. Did you see this? Yes. It looked it like was like a it was like a Blackberry of some sort. It was, sort so, it was or so something. much smaller though, and it was like it was like kids colored. It looked like it was like four kids, which was very it strange. It was very cute. It was cute. I, I wouldn't so mind cute. having one. But it reminded yeah. me of like when Schroeder plays the little piano and <laughs> in charlie brown because she just has to type with her little tiny fingers on this. i can't i can't explain it enough how small this keyboard is it is probably the size of like two postage stamps next to each other and it has a full presumably qwerty keyboard on it yeah i did not know they had phones like that back then that was wild very weird Especially because um, it goes to Hazel on just a regular phone that receives text Yeah, it's messages. like a Nokia yeah. something or another. Um, also very cute, though. The colors were fun. <laughs> Hazel's fun phone? For our phones. Yeah, okay. wasn't it? It was like, it was like green, right? It was green, yeah. 
I liked it. Yeah, it was fun. Fun, fun colors. Um, uh, I also want to just draw attention to Liberty calling Emma the fuck out at the end of this episode. Oh, and she, she says, ran her the fucking house down. That got to her fucking core. Like, oh, you like fucking she, rainforest? Well, try helping a yeah, fucking no. person for once. You sh- go back. I and I quote. Go back to saving rainforests and whales, because when it comes to helping people, you suck. Oh, Got her ass. Oh, Liberty takes off the glasses. Collected. The library is closed, darling. <laughs> you have won the reading challenge. Fuck, that was devastating. And then that's how the episode ends. Just Emma absorbing that information. Yeah. Emma's like, again, just a, another downer ending this, this season, man. Um, this episode, this whole first season was written by people with like deep existential crises because none of these episodes end with any kind of closure let's talk about the b-plot though because it was very fun (laughs) yeah okay this is yeah this is another good subplot yeah it's great um spinner is getting lunch at the cafeteria and it looks really gross and he gives the lunch lady sheila crap about it sheila Um, fuck yeah sheila Sheila. yeah which i don't know if she ever comes back i think she does i think she's there for a fucking while i swear in like season seven or something she comes out holding a big cookie or something Oh, I don't know if she's there that long. I, think she I feel like she's like a can first I interject for a second to talk about yeah, Sheila? Can we hear this? Did you guys recognize Sheila from anything? Was it no. Meryl Street? It was Meryl Street. Yeah, <laughs> she's her range incredible. Um, no, this is maybe this is maybe a segment I've just invented for this is ones for the heteroids out there. That is right. um, in the uh, in the movie Tommy Boy in the iconic Which chicken I have wing seen scene. Once I think. Uh, she's the waitress at the cafe that he convinces to turn the fryers back on so we can have chicken wings. But oh. I was just really proud of myself because I was like, is that like I saw her and I was like, I think that's the lady. And I looked it up and I was right. That's all. She's she's really been typecast as, as a food coach. service yeah. workers. <laughs> that's so weird. Yes. Um, were there any earwigs at this um, at this cafe and Tommy boy? <laughs> they do no earwigs. But David Spade does specify that they didn't clean the poop out of his shrimp cocktail. Oh, oh there's gross. poop in the shrimp. Yeah. yeah you gotta take out yeah. the poop. That happens. Um, did you have to eat caf- did you eat cafeteria food yeah. when you were in school? Mm-hmm. I did not. So really? I was a very Did you, t- did you bring a-, a lunch? Okay, I, I brought a lunch because I was a very picky kid. I was a very picky eater. And so I did not want to eat cafeteria food because it just like it grossed me out for some reason. Um I'm sure it was fine, but I was always a bring my lunch kid, even though we got free lunches because we were poor. <laughs> so I could have gotten free lunches, but I, I abstained. No, um, I, I, and... I think my mom would send me with like a sandwich, but then I was meant to like go get the rest of my stuff at the cafeteria. And, gotcha. and they had like accounts. Like I didn't have to bring cash. Mm-hmm. There, there was like a card and they wrote down how much I spent. And I guess my mom paid it. I don't know right yeah um yeah i know that's how other kids did it we we had cards and we would scan them but again for us it was just like it went it was like i guess you know charged to the state or whatever um <laughs> tax money uh your tax dollars good um yeah so um but this, Better than this, this episode did... rock that's going on right now am i right uh... <laughs> oh wait th- that hadn't happened yet it was like in another year because this is 2000 right <laughs> is this 2001 is that when a rock started it was that fast well, that's when nine eleven happened. Okay, Iraq um, was like two years after that. I think. I think it was two thousand. I think it was two thousand two. Okay, I want to say. Well, um, just know that so, these characters will soon be witnessing the events of nine eleven, and I think that's the takeaway <laughs> from this episode. I mean, luckily they're in Canada, so they have some distance. <laughs> I know, from but this. they're in Toronto, um, which is very close to New York. That's true. I mean, obviously everyone was on high alert, but um, <laughs> uh, 
yeah, this episode kind of triggered, this subplot kind of triggered me because I was like, oh God, the cafeteria food. This really takes me back to my feeling, my, my complicated feelings about cafeteria food because it looks disgusting in this episode. Oh, I guess I should clarify. I didn't like the cafeteria food. And if I didn't like the food, then I would just go hungry because I, I was also very picky. <laughs> but if it, if it was pizza day, I was fine. If it was like hamburger day, I was fine. But there was a bunch of stuff oh, I did not like. Even the pizza at school, I was like, oh, I don't like this. I didn't like how it looked. I was like, no, thank you. <laughs> Uh, although I, apparently they don't have free lunches in Canada, which I surprising. guess I just, yeah, surprising. I just assumed they did because I thought they do most things better than the U.S. Um, but no, apparently not. It's like apparently a, a big uh, blind spot for them. It was just uh, no free lunches for kids <laughs> in Canada. Pretty bad, actually. Yeah, I don't like it. Um, um, I, I didn't know what an yeah. earwig was until I saw this episode of Degrassi. Really? I I guess I've Me, seen one, but I wouldn't call it that. I would just call it a little water bug or something. I don't know. Oh, yeah. No, I... Uh, God, I, I mean, I remember seeing them, like, my whole life. Earwigs. Why are they um, called that? Uh, I don't know. Do they actually. go in people's I think ears? I looked this up before. Yeah, I, I don't know. I Maybe. Not. I think... Do they live in your wig, that's... and then when you put on your wig, they climb into your ears? <laughs> it's a huge problem in the drag community, <laughs> earwigs. Um, it's endemic. Um, I don't know, actually. I feel like I did used, did used to know, but I, I feel like I've heard that, like, oh, it has something to do with your ear, but I feel like that might be, like, just apocryphal. I don't that know. That gross. Um, it, it, gross They're pretty gross. I mean, this episode's this subplot's gross. It's fun, but it's gross. Yeah. Um, so Spinner, is he's just gotten his lunch, um, and upon closer investigation, he finds a fucking earwig in his food. And it's gross. In the squash, too. Um, like, not even, like, on top of a hamburger bun. And you can kind of scrape. Like, it, he's getting in there. Yeah. He's sticking yeah, his it's, feet in there. It's like, it, it has contaminated yes. this food. Um, And that's, like, a serious health code val- oh, violation. Sure. So I, I would think that the school should take his accusation more seriously. But I guess it is Spinner. So I don't, you know. I guess he's kind of burned any good feelings. It's been a, a week since he showed his bare butt to a bunch of minors That's from another true. school. <laughs> That's true. They're still reeling from that. Um, but we get um, an iconic moment when Spinner decides to boycott the calf. I love boycott the calf. Boycott the calf. And shout out okay. to um, fellow Degrassi recap podcast, Boycott the Calf, which I believe has not recorded an episode in several years. But if you're listening to this, boys, boycott the calf indeed. Well, do you know um, about what this what this means for the fandom? This this phrase, boycott the calf. No. So okay, so if you're a longtime Degrassi stan like I am, there um, there's this website called Boycott the Calf, and it was like a joke Degrassi fan site. Okay, and I they like had that. yeah, and they had like episode reviews that were mostly just making fun of the show, albeit in like a a loving way. Sure. Um, we would, so like we would very, never do that here on this show, but... <laughs> no, absolutely not. We only have the utmost respect and <laughs> reverence for this property. Um, it was basically like Degrassi the abridged series. Like, they would... Um, yeah, they would just basically, like, lampoon the show as it was airing. Um, and they would, like, give their, like, character rankings and stuff like that. Okay. And um, I'm pretty sure Liberty got a, an F <laughs> in I their mean, rankings. She's pretty rough. And it's not the actor's um, fault. Like, I just said, actor who plays Liberty, I think you're a good actor. Um, and they gave, uh, they also dubbed, um, Ashley triangle hair, which is where I get my, which basically this is, this side is where I've gotten a lot of my Degrassi jokes. So, um, thank you, boycott the calf. I'm still recycling your jokes to this day. <laughs> well, recycling is good. I think that's very Canadian of you. <laughs> um, um, so yeah, let's briefly sort of like, this is very fun, but, um, let's sort of briefly talk about how it all unfolds. He 
is telling people that they should boycott the calf. Uh, Quan overhears it. Miss Quan is like, hey, you can't be saying that. So he's kind of like mm-hmm. on warning and he has the good sense to shut up about it. But that good sense goes away very quickly because of what happens next. Yeah. So he Spinner hatches a like truly brain dead idea <laughs> to plant earwigs. He collected into the school food. So they'll shut oh down the God. cafeteria. Did you? OK, I compliment. I liked the verisimilitude of it being a margarine container. That felt very real. <laughs> that was very lived in. But yeah. I don't know how you capture how do you the bugs. Those? How do you collect all those earwigs? And I feel I mean, like I they them... knew that was a weird thing that he did. So their solution was they had Spinner say, it took me hours to collect them. <laughs> and it was yeah, the but... scariest thing I've ever heard. Well, it's like also like, okay, like when you see an earwig, you see like one earwig. It's not like an anthill where you can just be like, okay, here, yeah, let me just like up. pick up all these. Yeah, exactly. It's like, where do you find that many earwigs? Like, I mean, do you want to take, I don't, I don't know. That's why there's um, ant eaters guess... and no earwig eaters because the earwig eaters mm-hmm. couldn't find enough earwigs and they died. That's, that's very true. Yeah. That's a very good point. Thank you, Nick. Mm-hmm. Um, know a lot so... about animals. The planner, the planner, so Spinner planner. plants the earwigs. <laughs> planner spins the spinner, earwigs. Spinner plants the earwigs in Ashley's food right in front of her. Right. And obviously, the whole like, point yeah. of this would be you would give it, you would put the bug on someone unrelated to you's there, food. Yeah. This needs to be like a clandestine act, Spinner. And you're just like, oh, let me just do it right in front of you. And so obviously, Ashley's like, Spinner, you put the bugs in my food, not the cafeteria. And, and so he doesn't Spinner deny it. <laughs> yeah. Which is yeah. a bad well, and, plan. <laughs> well, and, and Jimmy sees it. Everyone sees it. Like, there, he, he has no witnesses to say otherwise. So Spinner winds up having to work for the cafeteria to pay off the debt he owes to school for the cost of extermination. Which is despite... great and becomes an ongoing thing because, am I not mistaken? He and Jay eventually work in the cafeteria. And that's why I think Sheila's still there. Because I think I think she's around that long. That's true. I forgot that Spinner's actually like, this is actually a recurring thread of him working in the cafeteria. And when he least, finally like... graduates, like three years after everyone else, he's still on the fucking show and he's working on a fucking grill. <laughs> um, it's, I mean, food service is his calling, I, I guess. guess so um... I just like, I, I don't want to be too mean to this actor, but I'm just like, of all the original season characters that could have followed us through 10 seasons well into the darcy years we got stuck with spinner we couldn't have jt i i think spinner's great i don't like spinner i love, I love spinner uh and this subplot is great and he's he's very good in it it took um, me hours to collect them <laughs> but i mean it's funny though because like the cap he, he notes he's like the cafeteria needed to be exterminated anyway but oh well they're gonna be exterminated now i mean so. I, I'll, I'll give some credit to the writers i mean that is a very nice way to sort of close the loop on this issue because clearly there mm-hmm. were bugs in the calf yeah exactly and this there needed ne- to be addressed and, yeah and if it wasn't addressed it would be weird so this was i this wrapped up nicely i thought it was fine yeah Un- unfortunately spinner um was a casualty of his cause but oh well and if i could give a compliment to a ashley who we're pretty harsh on i don't think she's ever been more likable than when she walks up to spinner and sees him in that hair net and just without saying a word starts laughing she was great <laughs> Yeah, because he put earwigs in our food. Fuck this guy. <laughs> it was great. It was very funny. <laughs> um, did we think this episode went there? You know, I think it went there. I think it did. I think the A plot really went there. And the B plot tied in nicely in a way that was not distracting from the A plot. Um, I think this episode went there 
I don't think I like where it went. Sure. But it but it but it went there. <laughs> yes. I think it definitely went there. So we can agree on that. Not our favorite episode overall, just as far as like watching something that will relax you. But it was a good episode. And I think this is one that kids could watch and like learn something from. Maybe. I don't know. I still think the main plot's pretty brain dead. Um, but and pretty unaware of the uh, the implications of I don't know. It's I, I, I don't know. This this episode really stressed me out. It was a very stress inducing episode for sure. Um, and I think that we'll wrap up our, any, any final comments on the second episode? No. Yeah, I think we're, no. we said what needed to be said. So I think it's time, uh, everybody, it's time to share with the class. What did we learn today? No, we got, no, wait, we have favorite fashion. Oh, yes, excuse me. Edit that out, Brent, unless it's funnier to keep it yeah. in. You always well, are. No, it's not funny. Side. Keep it no, out. Keep, um, keep it in. As you know, in fashion, one day you're in. Uh-huh. Yes. Okay. Fashion moment of the episode. Evan, do you have something to start off with? Okay. So I have two that I'd like to note. Um, one I feel like I have to note is um, Emma's drip from the subplot of the first episode. Yeah, we were kind of hard on it, but it was a, it was a cute outfit. I liked it. I mean, it's just like an iconic outfit. Like this is where she, you know, this, she became a woman <laughs> yeah. in this outfit. Yeah, when um, she graduates from the school, this is the outfit they'll hang from the rafters in the gym. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, her stripedy sweater and white skirt ensemble. I did like the skirt. I was sad that she ruined that skirt because it it, does, it did seem like it would go with anything. Yeah, I mean, it was also after Labor Day though, so I don't know. That that seems like a faux pas according to people who care about. Isn't those it things. always um, after Labor Day? I've never understood that. <laughs> it's basically so when summer's over you wear it for summer okay. it's a it's summer clothing white is a summer color okay fair um um i'd also like to bring up ashley's um very ridiculous red turtleneck sweater oh. from the end of the first episode do you remember that i don't remember that but i was going to talk about one of her other sweaters from the beginning of that episode it was like blue and it had these huge lapels and it was so long and open that it looked like a, a wizard cloak <laughs> Ashley has some interesting uh, outfit choices. I cannot this wait to get to Ashley's hat. When we get to the episode with Ashley's hat, I'm gonna throw a fucking party. Ashley, in general, I mean, we'll get to this later on as the show goes, but like, she goes through a huge fashion journey. Yes, ooh. I feel like more than anyone else in this show. I can't wait for next season. She's ooh. Uh, oh, and her friend, you know who I'm talking about, the one who we think canonically uh, was taking the video. I don't know why I'm not saying her name. It's not a spoiler for someone to have a name. Ellie. Her name yeah, is her Ellie. Name's, her name's Ellie. I'm excited yeah. for Ellie. Um, can't wait. Okay, um, now what did we learn? What, uh, let's talk about it. What did we learn? Share with the class. Um, all right, sh- am I going first? Yeah, share with the class. Okay, I learned that if you see something, maybe don't say something. <laughs> yeah. Maybe just... Maybe just keep that to yourself. I'm, I'm kidding. Obviously, you should say something. Say something to a trusted authority figure. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't say something to fucking Terry or Paige. Oh, or or Hazel. Um, can you can you imagine yeah, if Hazel or gets word of this? Ugh. None of these kids. Such a gossip. They can't we be know trusted. everything about Hazel, and the thing we know about her is that she's a gossip. Uh, I also learned that Canada should uh, really invest in a national school lunch program. Shocking. Together, in Gorge. Toronto, of all places. Mm-hmm. Get it together. Take care of your goose. What are you doing? Mm -hmm. What did you learn, Nick? Today I learned that in spite of doing black voice occasionally, (laughs) JT's very funny. Good one, JT. I learned that Terry, 
Terry's the one who's a freaking gossip. Am I right, guys? Freaking Terry over here. Yeah. And I also learned. Watch out for Terry. I also learned what earwigs and dyscalculia were. That's right. You did learn what earwigs are. That's that was a good lesson. Producer Brim, did you learn anything in this? Yeah, video? I also uh, I learned about a uh, one from Degrassi and one from Evan, but a couple of learning disorders that I that I think maybe I should look into because it would they would both <laughs> explain a lot. Do they sound familiar? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Look into that. Yeah, I will. Well, cool. Dys- I think dysgraphia. I gotta look that one up. My handwriting's bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think on that note, uh, <laughs> we're all gonna go. Get on WebMD and try and figure some shit out. (laughs) We're all going to self-diagnose. It's going to be great. Um, Thank you so much, listeners. Uh, We've got a couple more episodes in this season. Uh, Things are only getting more exciting as we're going up to the uh, finale. And mm, I don't want to say anything just yet, but we might have an exciting guest joining us for the finale. We'll see. We might have a special guest, you guys. Oh, who could it be? Canadian? Stay tuned. Queer? Oh, I don't know. Maybe. Okay. Well, all right, everybody. We got to go. Thank you so much. Bye. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Goodbye.